on 77 WABC. It's time for the former mayor of New York City, America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani. This is Rudy Giuliani with you uh, from New York City, uh, the home of Christmas in America, right? We're live from uh, the capital of the world on 77 WABC. And I do hope that you're on the WABC app. Because if you are, you can get me, Greg, Bo, John, everybody, even Joe Piscopo or Frank Sinatra, whichever. He likes to be called Frank Sinatra. Uh, you can get them on, on from anywhere that you are. If you go for a Christmas vacation or you go skiing or you go in a basement and hide from, from COVID because it's going to, I don't know what it's going to do. Hmm. You know, uh, since uh, the fatality rate of this illness came down to well within the fatality rates of other illnesses, less than some, more than others, and certainly in certain situations like uh, children in Chicago are killed or shot more often than they get COVID and things like that, this whole uh, uh, this whole hysteria about COVID is um, sad and bad for the country. Um, it's as if we can't deal with fear. It's as if we can't deal with realistic things. It's as if we can't deal with the fact that, oh, yes, COVID will be with us forever. But we'll survive. And cancer has been with us so far forever. And we survived, don't we? And uh, COVID is certainly a lot less dangerous than cancer. So do sensible things that you and your doctor think are sensible. Don't let Biden play the hysteria thing on you. God almighty. He's too stupid to do this anyway. This, if, if you had a problem in your personal life and you knew Joe Biden the way I know him, you would not go ask for his advice because it would be wrong. He wouldn't know what he was talking about. And you know what? He'd be even worse than that. Instead of, instead of uh, saying, gee, gee uh, Joe or Ralph or Frank, I don't know much about that. He'd go make it all up, and he'd tell you big bull, and he'd tell you that he had, you know, he was an expert on this, and he was there, and he climbed to the top of Mount Kilimanjaro and jumped off and lived, and you know, he'd do one of those. This is Joe before. This is Joe when he had all his marbles. So you can imagine what Joe's like without all his marbles. It sounded, looked. I, I, I just don't know how long he's gonna, how long he's gonna last. I just don't know. Well, they sure are putting the pressure on Joe Manchin. And I'll tell you, the thing I really, <laughs> I was going to be sarcastic. Look, there, there are, you know that I believe that the Democrat Party at the very top is thoroughly corrupt. It's a crime organization. Uh, intersecting, overlapping the Biden crime family. The Biden crime family over 30 years, took money from a lot of cheap little, little trailer trash deals with the with the with the brothers, and then uh, the big bank, and then the big companies, and then the big countries, and then the enemy countries. All that money for the services of a non-performing drug addict, whose <laughs> father happened to be a senator. And a vice president who did favors for the people that gave the money to the non-performing son. 
who then says that all that money actually was so that he could supply uh, everything for the family and give 50% to his father. So who tells you that he's a bag man and it was a bribery scheme? That's 30, 30 years of that. And we know Hillary and Bill. They, they, I mean, they, they began selling whatever they had, you know. Who knows what Bill was selling? But then they became, you know, world-class criminals. Hundred million here, fifty million there. Whoa! So it's a party that's rotting from the top. And but I'll tell you one thing about it that always—I wouldn't say I admire it. I, it kind of frightens me. They stick together. I mean, we have a hard time as Republicans getting Republicans to stick together when what we're asking them to do is honest. It's just either controversial or ideologically debatable, but it's not dishonest. And they go run out in all different directions. We've got, you know, we've got rhinos and quizzlings and they wrote 50, 50, man, every single one of them, Obamacare, ridiculous plan. The, this build back better thing. I mean, we, the, the one before it bankrupted us. Ah, but we'll vote for bankrupt. They have them know it's garbage. Finally, one comes along. One, just one. Joe Manchin. And they are trying to destroy the guy. Now, I don't know what's wrong with him. You know, if he were to change parties, McConnell would be the majority leader. Uh, Chuck Schumer would be, you know, holding his Sunday press conferences again. And uh, you threaten a man like that. I mean, this stuff is, this stuff is really garbage stuff. He's a liar. Says one of the uh, says one of the anti-American one of the anti-American squad. He's a uh, he, he's not telling the truth. He was dishonest with the White House. He didn't tell the truth to the White House. He has an agenda of his own. You can't deal with him. And Bernie Sanders says, and this is the stupidest one of all. Let him go. Explain it to the people of West Virginia. Bernie, are you on another planet? The people of West Virginia are 67% against a stupid bill. They're 67% again. 67%. Trump won by 30%. You might have a hard time getting a vote there. The one thing it's not doing is hurting them in West Virginia. You don't hear anybody. Actually, I'm surprised AOC hasn't said that because she's dumb. And she tends to say dumb things. That was a really dumb thing to say. But the worst thing is the way they took the coal miners' union and turned them against him. Now, the coal miners' union owes a lot to him. He's probably their biggest champion. But now, you know, the Democrat Party is putting up the screws, and they say they're pretty mild. They say they're disappointed. On the other hand, when you look at the articles from, from West Virginia, ah, uh, the guy might be, you know, not as popular as Trump, but almost as popular as Trump. I mean, right now he could be elected anything in West Virginia. And um, maybe in the U.S., I mean, I, I agree it, it, it should happen more often. And it did happen more often that a guy had voted against the interests of his party in favor of the interests of his constituents or his conscience or his common sense. And uh, they were admired. In fact, a great United States senator and president wrote a book about that. John F. Kennedy. It was called Profiles in Courage. 
And it, it's about members of the United States Senate who took a vote, a vote of conscience that cost them their career, usually against the interest of their political party. And that's why they got thrown out of politics. So this is something we used to admire. Even if we disagreed with it, we admired the fact the guy could be independent and he could vote his conscience, you know? Now we trash it, we trash him. They want they, they, they want people to do to him what they did to cinema. So I don't know, Manchin, I wish I did. There's a certain kind of man, certain kind of personality uh, that would say, Okay, Bozos, you don't want me? I agree with the other side more often than I do. You, and by the way, they're a lot nicer when you don't agree with them. They get angry at you. They don't have people come to your house. They don't have unions threaten you. I don't have to listen to a bunch of ignorant, ignorant teenagers in Congress try to tell me off. So I, I, I'm going to look at this. I think it's a long shot. I heard, I heard uh, several people discussing it this morning. And most of them thought that, you know, his father was a Democrat and he's been a Democrat all his life, and that he just wouldn't change parties. On the other hand, the parties have changed so much. Uh, it certainly would be justified if he did it, and it, and it would shock the hell out of Washington. So we'll see. Um, as far as I'm concerned, Democrats keep attacking them. I don't think you change his mind at this point. I think it's really stupid psychology to uh, continue to do this to him. We've had the first uh, death from Omicron, but the man had uh, significant comorbidities. So it sounded like, uh, you know, uh, a situation that uh, it, where it has been very, very hard to tell throughout this if it's the... Uh, if it's the coronavirus or the, or the illnesses that are going to kill you anyway, that just end up killing you, or maybe they kill you a little bit earlier. Uh, it was in Houston, Texas. And, um, and it looks like Omicron now is taking over as the, as the major, the number one major uh, coronavirus we're dealing with. Uh, there's a one, one study that has it at 73% now of new COVID cases. The man who died was 50. It was related to Omicron. And um, and that variant in, in, in that particular area of Houston, the uh, uh, Omicron variant is, is 82% of all the cases in Houston. Uh, not very many hospitalizations. And the reality is, uh, it, 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 uh, it, up until up until now, there hadn't been a single a single death, and um, as I said, the hospitalizations are down right now. And again, we we want to be cautious because you don't know what's going to happen. Right now, it seems like it is significantly milder than the Delta variant, uh, and than the original coronavirus in that. The fatality rate is, I saw something that was like one-tenth or something. And the hospitalization rate is about the same, if not less. So let's hope, let's hope, number one, 
that'll remain the case. And number two, it's highly contagious nature in that so many people are going to get it so quickly will create maybe for once we'll actually have a, a true immunity, a herd immunity, as opposed to a synthetic immunity, which we see is not very effective. I mean, up until a little while ago, I haven't been following it the last couple of days, there were more people that got the Omicron variant that were vaccinated than anything else. So it didn't, it didn't, do, um, it didn't do much good uh, from, that, from that point of view. Now, in um, one of the things that I think worries me the most is the military and the new woke training in our military. I don't get why they want to mess around with our military. Our military is not about social justice. Of course, our military can't be unfair and it can't be discriminatory, but its job is not social justice justice. The job of our military, well, you want to say it correctly, it's to kill people that keep us safe. That's the ultimate job. They have to be trained to kill people so that our children, our elderly people, our women, and all of us are safe. And then take other necessarily difficult actions in our, in our, in our interests, which require tough, highly uh, uh, brave people. To put them through all this pronoun stuff. What's the right pronoun? You know, I don't even know the other pronoun. What is it? It's he, she, and they. They is plural. Means, well, I guess it means you're two people. Maybe that has some significance. I don't know. But would somebody inform me what the other pronoun? Are they making up a pronoun like oop? So we can say he said, she said, oop said. And do you make up another pronoun for every gender? Or is there a universal pronoun for all genders other than male and female? And explain to me just why we're doing this. Why? Is, is it really true that people who, who are transgender get um, traumatically affected? If people call them he or she when, in fact, they're... They either have selected he or she, or they're headed to selecting he or she. Why, why would they get so offended? Maybe it would be good for them if we help work on their not being as offended. Maybe they, it, would, it, would, it would settle some of the issues like um, the high rate of suicide, for example. But going, putting people into a false world where everybody else is, is, is required to relate to them falsely, for fear of being ostracized, creates mental illness. So there's an awful lot of wisdom that needs to be applied to this because we're not doing it. And we are, we are creating more and more problems for a group of people that have already had enough problems. And there's no reason by trying to be silly and stupid and irrational that you're going to help them. On January 21st, 1980, gold did a record, the highest in decades. At $835 an ounce, they'd climbed to an astonishing 262% in a single year. What was happening in January of 1980? The Soviet Union had just invaded Afghanistan. Iranian radicals were holding U.S. hostages. Inflation reached record highs, and the U.S. was languishing under the weak leadership of President Jimmy Carter. Folks, in hindsight, this isn't 
2020, it's 1980. We're now facing runaway inflation, new threats from Russia and Iran, and a possible recession. And there's no Ronald Reagan to save us. But there is gold, monetary gold. It's offering $5,000 in gold on account for the first 25 callers at 1-888-204-2141. Monetary gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, a top five gold company ranking, and they've been around for two decades. Call them to see if you qualify for gold on account at 1-888-204-2141. Hindsight is not 2020. It's 1980. Call Monetary Gold right now. Now on 77 WABC, it's time for the former mayor of New York City, America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani. This is Rudy Giuliani back with you again. On January 21st, 1980, gold hit a record, the highest in decades. At $835 an ounce, it climbed to an astonishing 262% in a single day. What was happening in January of 1980? The Soviet Union had just invaded Afghanistan. Iranian radicals were holding U.S. hostages. Inflation reached record highs, and the U.S. was languishing under the weak leadership of Jimmy Carter. Folks, in hindsight, it's not 2020, it's 1980. We're now facing runaway inflation, new threats from Russia and Iran, and a possible recession. Monetary Gold is offering 5000 in gold on account for the first 25 calls at 1-888-204-2141. Monetary Gold has an A1 rating, a top 10, a top 5 gold company ranking, and they've been around for two decades. Call them if you qualify for gold on account at 1-888-204-2141. And the Tunnels of Towners Foundation is making the holidays brighter for our nation's gold star and fallen first responder families with young children and catastrophically injured veterans and first responders. For many of these families, the holidays are a tough reminder of the sacrifice their hero made for us. The foundation is giving away at least one home per day from Thanksgiving through New Year's Eve during the season of hope. With each mortgage-free home, the foundation is delivering on its promise to do good and never forget. For some of these families, they have the comfort of knowing they can stay in the home that they pick with their loved one, the home they made precious holiday memories. The families in a new home, they're creating memories they'll cherish forever. All of this is possible because of your generosity. Support America's greatest heroes and their families during $11 a month to Tunnels of Towers. That's T2T.org. That's T, the number 2T.org. Oh, and by the way, did you see Frank uh, with, the, uh, with the people who were the victims of, uh, of the cyclone? He's already there, been there for quite some time, actually. Other people have been there making sure that the, whatever, if there are homes left, the mortgages are paid for it. The homes have to be rebuilt to help rebuild them. I mean, Frank... Uh, you, you can't go wrong supporting those people. You cannot go wrong supporting Tunnel to Towers. They, 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 they have done mission creep, but it's the right kind of mission creep. As they, as they became expert at different things, they started to apply their expertise to those things. And it's been really, really amazing for, for, for people. Really amazing. Let's listen to, uh, let's try, let's try the Bronx. We haven't been up to the Bronx for a while. Eugene. Good afternoon, Rudy. 
How are you, Eugene? Oh, I'm fine. Uh, you said a couple of weeks back on, uh, on the program that uh, none of the judges would hear your evidence that you presented with the, uh, by the people who witnessed the fraud in the presidential 2020 election in the different battleground states. Is it possible to learn who these judges are to make their names public? Sure. I mean, I, uh, I should be clear about that. I only presented one case, and that was in Philadelphia. The other cases were presented by other lawyers, but I was overseeing them. So I can tell you the judges who turned it down. Sure, I'll get you a list of that. You're, you're entitled to know that. I mean, it, it's, it's impossible from my, from my perspective to, to understand that because uh, we were just at the beginning of an investigation, and these witnesses had very, very precise testimony for the beginning of an investigation. And the only way you develop it is by letting them testify. I can only conclude that they didn't want the embarrassment of witnesses, American citizens, testifying to things that were clear election fraud. Uh, I'll give you, let me give you the example I give the most because I remember it the best. But, uh, in Detroit, we had a female witness, about a 60-year-old woman who came from the country of India many, many years ago. American citizen worked for the city of Detroit. She was a top-ranking engineer in the city of Detroit. Uh, when election time came around, and because they were having this whole new type of election with paper ballots, like millions of paper ballots coming in, when usually they had to deal with a couple hundred thousand, they converted a lot of their city workers to part-time poll counters. So they brought her in, and they began training her when they were doing the early balloting, and they were showing her things like, and she testified to this, she testified this, unfortunately, in front of the legislature that, that, that tried to make fun of her, never in front of a court. She testified that she was taught to match uh, basically false ballots without any signatures to identifications or registrations that were kept there to be used for that purpose. So that, in essence, they were ballots that were done by we don't know who, attached to a John Smith's license and registration. And that she, she was taught to do that and that many, many of the people she worked with did that uh, to, at a large scale. This is before Election Day. Uh, she was also observed people coming in before Election Day uh, with uh, people, clerks, showing people how to vote. And showing them how to vote for Biden. She also observed them going into the little voting thing with them and helping them cast the vote. She never at any time observed anyone suggesting voting for Trump. And then on uh, the the uh, day of or after the election, she was sent to the place where they were going to count the mail-in ballots, not the early ballots. And there she saw many, many she saw many ballots that were being handled uh, improperly that weren't being inspected. None of them were being inspected by Republicans. She saw double and triple counting, and she became so upset that I believe she – I can't remember. I think she went and – I think she told a priest about it, if I'm not mistaken. But in any event, she was one of about 12 witnesses in Michigan. You don't ignore that testimony. You've you, you got to listen to it. Maybe, maybe she's not telling the truth. But it's kind of odd that in seven different states there were witnesses who basically said the same thing. I don't know. What do they all get together? 
I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know how you can justify in your own conscience how you can justify not listening to it. Not listening to it. When I visited Delta Rescue recently, I asked its founder, Leo Grillo, why they're the largest care-for-life sanctuary in the world. His answer was shocking to me. He said that people in America kept their pets for only two and a half years on average. Imagine two and a half years. If he adopted out the dogs and cats he rescued from abandonment in the wilderness, in two and a half years they would either be abandoned all over again or turned over to the pound where they would be killed. After all, they'd been through. These beautiful animals would lose their homes. Caring for up to 1,500 rescued dogs, cats, and horses at Delta Rescue costs a small fortune. And there's a full-time animal hospital right there 365 days a week. Delta relies solely on donations from people like you and me. I'd like you to help them by going to deltarescue.org slash Rudy and pressing the green donate button. Please give as much as your heart tells you to. That's deltarescue.org slash Rudy. Now on 77 WABC, it's time for the former mayor of New York City, America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani. This is Rudy Giuliani back with you. And don't forget uh, to call me on the Tunnel to Towers Foundation hotline. So I get to talk to you and you get to be reminded to uh, make your donation to T2T.org. That's one 800 848 Nine two two two. That's one eight hundred eight four eight WABC. Well, you know, here we are at the end of the year. What a year it has been! Could Biden have been worse as a president? I guess we could be in a shooting war. But it seems to me that we're losing the long war to China, which may be the more important one. We're also losing our values, aren't we? The values as Americans, uh, of, uh, the values of America are under constant attack and uh, constant diminution. And his arrogance in doing this is exacerbated by the fact, yes, he says he won the election, and I have to accept it until it is proven beyond a reasonable doubt that he didn't. So I'll accept it. But he didn't. He didn't win a. He didn't win a mandate. He didn't win a mandate. He won by one. He, he won by no votes in the Senate, as a tied Senate, and seven votes in the House. That is hardly a mandate to change the basic economic structure of the United States of America from a free enterprise economy to a socialist economy, which is exactly what he's trying to do, to take us from a state of people who admire the work ethic to a state where if we can come up with an excuse for not voting, we're going to give them an excuse for not voting. And that may be one of the reasons he's in the terrible position that he is in, that he completely misread his mandate and he is surrounded by people who have been trying to take that mandate and turn it into socialism for so long that they're taking the first opportunity to do that. His approval rating on the C- PBS NewsHour NPR Maris poll is down to the lowest he's ever had on that one, and it is 41%. 
strongly approved, I mean, strongly disapproved, was up six percentage points. It was, a lo- it was strongly disapproved, was up by six percentage points. And they were more strongly disapproved than just modestly disapproved. It used to be 50% approved and 41% disapproved. So he's going in exactly the wrong the wrong direction. Exactly the wrong direction. And he keeps trying to play the same cards. Uh, frightening the living daylights out of you over COVID so you'd be a COVID slave. And and then and then overdoing all the attacks. I mean, this attack on Mansion, AOC ripping the entire United States Senate. I mean, she's like a she's a teenager with a poor education and makes mistakes about history left and right. Ilan Omar. Maybe somebody should investigate how she came here. She's uh, using like bull. And that uh, somehow he's under, he's, he is undermining democracy. It's democracy if you win by one vote. Did you know that? It's not democracy if you win by one vote. Where, where do you come up with that definition? Uh, according to Tlaib, he's a liar and he, he betrayed his constituents. Well, hey, Tlaib, why don't you go there and ask his constituents? And uh, Ocasio-Cortez, who we contributed to the House, wants to crack down on the Senate. That's a really intelligent re- remark. She's going to crack down on the Senate. Exactly how is she going to crack down on the, on the Senate? I think you can see that they gave him no, they gave him no uh, room here. They, he says they beat the living crap out of him. Uh, no self-respecting U.S. senator. Are you going to get to agree with you by beating the living crap out of him? And finally, no self-respecting human being are you going to get to agree with you if you beat the living crap out of him. And if the bill made sense, you wouldn't have to try to beat the living crap out of him. Bill backed better is premised on the notion of perpetual free federal deficit spending. That's written by James Bovard today in the New York Post. I recommend the article. Build Back Better is premised on the notion of perpetual free federal deficit spending. Sometimes that's draped as modern monetary theory. Honestly, it's bankruptcy. It's a country that will be a non-economic force in 20 years. So, I don't know if they're ever going to get it. But he has done, he has done a real service to the Democrat Party. He's avoided them uh, passing probably the most destructive bill they ever could possibly have passed. So let's go to, um, let's go to Larry in Brooklyn. Yes, hi Rudy. Um, I just want to—I just want to uh, uh, give you a suggestion that you have to rest your voice, and maybe you should go back to the old format of more phone calls. You'll get to rest your voice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
But uh, first, I want to say two things. First, I want to make an observation. Of a few weeks ago, you said very astutely, I might add, that uh, Merrick Garland looks to you like an undertaker. And uh, when you said that, I shared <laughs> the exact same sentiment. But really? there's another person. There's another person that looks just like an undertaker. Where he has the same look as Merrick Garland in his face, and that's Brad Raffsenberger from uh, <laughs> the. I, I I encourage you to take a look at, at his oh, video. No, I got it. I got it. He, he's the tall. He's the tall one, and Garland's the short one. <laughs> yeah, but they have the same look in their eyes, and this suggests something to me. But this actually translates into something concrete. I think it looks like. They are both being either bribed or threatened, and probably the latter, because there's a look of fear in both of their faces. Now, Raffsenberger is trying to twist what Trump said uh, on the phone to, uh, I think it was the governor of Georgia, to, to get me 11 votes. That was on the premise that the election was stolen. Okay, so they're trying to twist it into he's trying to fix the election. So I think that with all the stuff that was going down on down, down in Georgia, I believe that Raffsenberger is being threatened, okay? If you look you at do. It, That's interesting. I, could, I mean, it could be. You know, I, the, the conversation that I remember that was a critical one was he, the president called him, or he called the president. During the course of the conversation, he told the president it was a perfect election. He since backed off on that because they've discovered all kinds of fraud in the election. But, uh, and then he said there were only two people that were dead. So we had an estimate from an expert that it was something more like eight or 9,000 people that were dead. And uh, now I say, you say, why an expert? Because we couldn't get the actual documents. In other words, I, they, they went around trying to do estimates of, of names and people who usually vote and uh, death certificates. and not. So I don't really know how good their process was. But by the time we were finished with at least that process of it, uh, we had gathered, my staff had gathered something under 1,000 uh, people who had died recently in 2020, but before the election. I think that was close to eight or 900. So, and people misquote that sometimes as 9,000. We had 9,000 affidavits. Here's the reality. He said only two people died. We knew it was a lot more than two people. We only had two days to come up with it. We couldn't, they wouldn't give us the records, but we did come up with about eight or 900. And an expert who you use in order to get a hearing had, had, had testified that he believed that if he studied the records, he'd come up with about eight or 9,000 dead people who voted. Now, that may be true or not, but at least it should get you a hearing. And, and, and here's the thing that's most important about Raffsenberger. Raffsenberger said that the election was perfect. Now, they have since come up with and had to admit thousands and thousands of false ballots, people voting from out of state, people who had people voting for them and didn't know it. And nobody's bothered to count up the numbers to see how much it is. But you've got revelations now coming out every week of actual voter fraud in what was not a perfect election in the state of Georgia. So Raffsenberger was a damn liar. So let's go to Eugene Oh, well, who do we have? Oh, Julie. I thought we had Eugene. Okay, Julie from Washington. Hello, Rudy. Hi, Julie. Nice to, to hear your voice, and, and um, I, I thank you for everything you do. Thank you. I mean, it's just 
unbelievable what they're doing to this country. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, how much more do they have to do before somebody stops it? Because, you know, we we left people in Afghanistan. We don't have gas of our own. We've shut that all down. We have to not only fly 600 miles to what Bagram and then rely on another country for our gas, for the military to rely on the gas. Why, why, you know? You know that's, yeah, could we just stop for a minute, Julian, just to pursue that for a second? Just as a matter of, you're a woman with common sense, quite obviously. It took us a long time to be energy independent. And because of fracking and some other things, we got there in about 2019. All of a sudden, for the first time ever, America was first time in a long time, rather. America was energy independent. I can't imagine Republican or Democrat, anybody that would think that was wrong. Aren't we better off being energy independent? In case the whole world goes against us, we can survive. Uh, it will help our economy if we're energy independent. We'll be doing more exports than imports. We'll have the ability to help more people around the world. And Biden, Biden turned that around in three weeks. It's like he wanted to hurt the country. I know they have this crazy theory with, uh, you know, they're going to change the climate and they're going to change the climate while we don't do anything. And China puts uh, 50,000 times more coal up into the atmosphere than we do. But you see, it's a different atmosphere that China's doing it with. It doesn't count. But I don't, you know, I don't, I don't... Um, some of the decisions that the Biden administration makes are purely ideological. You've often heard me talk about, and I've done several podcasts on it, an article. I'm even thinking about a book on uh, how they I – mean, this, this woke me up sometime last year. How the things they're doing, when I go back and I read Marx, I find it right there. It's like uncanny. How did I miss this? I, 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 got, I, got, I caught up with it with Black Lives Matter because Black Lives Matter uses the exact rhetoric of Marx and Engels. But I'm talking about things like burning the flag, kneeling during the national anthem, tearing down the statues, telling us that Columbus was some kind of a pervert, uh, George Washington was whatever, Thomas Jefferson's statue's got to be taken down. Even even uh, Frederick Douglass, I, I don't know what Frederick Douglass did, but he's statues, he's bad. Uh, everything I'm telling you is outlined in Marx, Engels, and Lenin as a way to take down a country. It's called get them to, getting, getting them to hate themselves. Now, how often do they attack America? The President of the United States attacks America every time he says we're a we're a systemically racist country. It's the worst kind of attack you can make. We're majority hateful people. Well, that is part of a Marxist plan to demoralize a people. Ultimately, it gets more complex than that. To, to, to neuter their nationality. Do you know that... Um, the Soviets did not want even to preserve the Russian nationality. 
Uh, actually, Putin has written an article about this. They want they wanted they didn't want a Russia. They wanted everyone to be subservient to socialism. And look at what look at what Soros is trying to do with the new with the new world with the new famous new world order, right? Do you want to be a hero for the holidays? Why wouldn't you? How about getting your loved one a new iPhone? That's right. Pure Talk has iPhone 12s starting at just 479 through the end of the year. And yes, they have the 13s too. Switch to Pure Talk. Get great nationwide 5G coverage. Yes, the same coverage as the big guys. But the average family saves over $800 a year. Now that's just smart. There's no need to overpay for Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Plus, with Pure Talk's 30-day risk-free guarantee, you've got nothing to lose. Unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data is just $30 a month. And like I said, the iPhone 12 is just $479 this month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan and phone that's right for you. Use their savings calculator to see exactly how much your family will save. Just go to puretalk.com and enter promo code WABC and save an additional 50 cents off your first month and save on a new phone. That's puretalk.com promo code WABC. Some restrictions apply. See site for details. Now on 77 WABC, it's time for the former mayor of New York City, America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani. Well, we're back with you, and uh, we would like to see if we can get see if we can get we can get one more call in. Let's see if we have Lisa in Nutley. Yes, you have me here. I want to wish you, Doctor Maria, and everyone in your family to enjoy Christmas this weekend because you have a new baby girl. Ah, I will tell Doctor Maria that, and I'll tell Andrew and Z. The wonderful oh, greetings. Congratulations. The wonderful um, greetings from Baby Grace. Absolutely. Um, and I love her name. Uh, I think we need to put Bernie Sanders back in the spotlight, and especially AOC. She had a call with Noam Chomsky last week, who's 93, and she's asking this man for advice, and she's putting it all over the place. And the way that she and Bernie have brainwashed. All of our children in college. You're, is sure, you're, you're right. You're, you're right. Yeah. I mean, you know what, Bernie? So if you go back 30 years or even 20 years, if I said, you know, somebody was a socialist, nobody would vote for them. But Bernie has made socialism acceptable to our young people. Because I don't they even don't, know if he's made it acceptable. They he's don't understand it, it. He's edified it where. I think it was Arizona State two weeks ago. They're on campus, and they're actually yelling socialism for the United States. He's made it um, glorious. Yeah, yeah, like a good thing. Everybody, Absolutely. Well, look, you think about it, when it starts off, it always uh, everybody's going to be taken care of. But then when you get down to the operating principle of socialism, it falls apart immediately from each according to their work, to each according to their need. So what that means is if I work 19 hours a day and the guy next door decides he likes to watch television all day, he gets the same amount of money that I do. 
You know how long that lasts? About a day. And then you have to have a dictator or a secret police or killers to enforce that kind of a system because it's against human nature. It's a, a, socialism runs into human nature immediately upon being, upon being put into action because people don't focus on that. They don't focus on the fact that they're going to work their tails off. Somebody's going to be a lazy bum, and they and their family aren't going to get the benefits. So you're absolutely right to point that out. But, I mean, uh, uh, Bernie, I don't know. I don't know AOC either, but I listen to her. She, they've done an awful lot with very little with AOC. I mean, I know uh, people admire how, how, how important she's become, but she really is a dummy. I mean, she says extraordinarily dumb things. She doesn't know the number of states. She doesn't know the Constitution. She doesn't know we have a Second Amendment. I mean, it, this is a person that was educated in New York, you know. So uh, uh, that worries me, too. That we end up with historical illiterates. So to to her, Noam Chomsky. I don't know what. I mean, you, I you think she knows about the Russian Revolution? I don't know. But you think you think she she could tell us what happened to the last czar? She probably thinks the czar are people that were appointed in the Clinton administration. I mean, these people got terrible educations which reflects the irrational decision-making that they now do. What I don't understand are the older people in the Biden administration being so lacking in common sense. I mean, we, we look at Biden's decisions and we say, oh, boy, that was really stupid, taking out the troops before the event. But then you realize somebody's advising him. Didn't somebody say to them, hey, mental midget, you know, you can't do that. See what happens if you leave the civilians there. You could be there with a bunch of terrorists. You know what, you know what happens to them, Joe? They get killed. I said, oh. And you'll get blamed. Oh. Then I would love to spend a day in the White House and see how they deal with this guy. I got a feeling it's a bit like a nursing home. You know? When they bring everybody down for, you know, d- dinner and lunch and everybody talks. And, and I know there are people functioning in a nursing home that are doing better than him. I wonder what they do with him, like, when they bring him back to Delaware. What's the whole family just sticks him in the basement he talks to himself or something? Eventually, we'll find out. Eventually, we'll find out. Because eventually, he's going out. You know that. They're not, they're not uh, running him again. And they're not running her either. Something's going to happen. They're going to push somebody out. Well, we're getting close to Christmas. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. If I had my voice, I would attempt... I would attempt to uh, sing, but I want you to stay on the line for Bo. So if I started singing, you'd turn on another station. And that wouldn't be fair to Bo because he has a really good show coming up. So I want you to stay with us on the best talk station in the whole world because we get to say what we think because we live in America. And tomorrow morning when you get up, you're going to say, thank God I live in America. Thank you, God. God bless America. <laughs>